0: Welcome to The Psychology of Success. I'm Caden Terry, and each week I help young hustlers actualize their infinite potential by featuring interviews with world-class leaders in business, sports, and health. Now let's get into The Psychology of Success. All right, welcome back to the podcast. So before we get into today's guest, I want to talk about our event that we have going on. So for all you young hustlers, you probably heard about it. So we are doing the Winner's Circle Mastermind event. So as you know, and as Jeff knows, um, your circle is so important, right? If you look at all the big talent entrepreneurs and leaders in our industry, they know how important it is to surround themselves with like-minded individuals. And I've gone to different mastermind events and they were just so electric. And I wanted to bring that to the younger generation. So August 12th, we are having a mastermind event to where we're inviting 20 people. We've already sold about 17 tickets. So there's about three left. But if you guys are interested, go to the link in our bio on Instagram. So we're taking everyone golfing. Uh, We're going to have guest speakers, Trevor Cowley from one of the top business podcasts in the world. He's going to speak to us. You're going to meet him. Matt Blanchard will be speaking to us. You'll get a bunch of swag from us, a hat, shirt, all kinds of stuff. But we're just going to provide a ton of value to where you can understand and learn more about business and how to actualize your infinite potential. So kind of getting into today's episode. So I got my good friend Jeff. Phil Stead, a little bit of background on him. So he, uh, I met because we were on your podcast. Right? Was that the first time we met? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went on his podcast, a solid podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, check it out. It's legit. They've done 59 episodes now. Yeah. And it is rolling. It, I've been super impressed with, it, it's very similar to mine. So if you're in their mind, check those out. And Jeff has a super um, successful background in business, uh, with financial services. And it's just an all-around leader. And you know, I'm, I'm pumped to get into your story, man. So Thanks, dude, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely, let's do it. So, um, it's funny, I actually saw your business partner, Brandon, at the, the gym this morning. Okay. And I asked him, hey, yo, like, what should I ask Jeff yeah. on the podcast? He was like, dude, you gotta start with his childhood. Yeah. And where he grew up and kinda how he got into business. So, dude, I'd love you to just start there.
1: Cool, yeah, Um, that's why. I, I guess he, he and I grew up in su- such uh opposite ends of the world, you know, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, man, I grew up, um, actually the, like the first 10 or 12 years of my life, I lived in West Valley in Salt Lake, which anybody who knows in Salt Lake, West Valley is not the best place to be raised. And, um, my, uh, my mom, she went to school. She did everything she was supposed to do, get good grades. She got a bachelor's degree, but she never made any money and, um, you know, single mom trying to raise kids on a bachelor's degree is tough you know and uh she never made any money so we didn't live in a great neighborhood and um one of my one of my brother's friends had had gotten killed and so my mom was like dang we gotta move and so we moved from west valley down to saint george when i was about 12 i was in sixth grade actually and um in the in the meantime i started getting in trouble at that time in school so my mom actually shipped me to my aunt's house in idaho my aunt lived in a cabin in the mountains in idaho and thought that i wouldn't get in trouble uh-huh and then i still got kicked out of school out there and then ended up coming back and living with my family in st george and we lived in dixie downs on a symbol white trailer and um you know i'm one of six kids and so we just struggle financially you know and, and it was like a different environment because in west valley it was like gangs and violence and it was just it was not a good environment. And they come to St. George and that stuff really doesn't exist. But then it turned to like it was just like drugs and just like just nasty place to be raised, you know? But my mom didn't really have a choice. saying, where else do you live? If you can't afford it. And so I grew up, uh I mean, that's kinda like the financial situation of my life where we lived in the trailer and I started boxing at a young age because I I was we were walking down the street one time you know kids or whatever and yeah some guy says hey instead of you guys getting in trouble and getting in a street fight why don't you come into my boxing gym and put on some gloves and not get in trouble and so we did that and then he said hey do you guys want to keep coming back train training for free no way and he was a good man you know and so just he after we got done he just said yeah keep coming back and so I did I just kept coming back and Student at boxing Gym for years and um he just really influenced me. And that was like a the first like really mentor that I had in my life. He was a good man, he had his priorities in line. Mm-hmm. And uh it's actually I started going to church that way because he wouldn't let us go to the gym on Sundays, right? And he's like, oh. I don't see that's why like what do you mean, man? Crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, I want to go to the gym on Sundays. So, I'm gonna be successful, I gotta go to he's like, No, we don't do that. And I go, What do I gotta do? And he goes, I'll tell you what, start coming to church with me and I'll let you build to the gym. It's kind of a crazy story. Uh huh. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of how I grew up, you know, and got out of high school, didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I started college, and I was the first kid in my family to graduate high school. You know, nobody graduated high school. And so I started college. Of course, my mom's excited, you know. Oh, my gosh, one of my kids actually graduated, and they're in college. And I just remember one day I was, I was pulling into school, and I saw my business professor that was teaching a business class that I was taking in the time. And I saw him pulling into class, and he was driving this old beat-up Honda. You know, I'm a car guy. I, like, I like nice cars, you know. And so I see this old beat-up Honda. It was like a 1989 Honda Civic, and the bumpers were falling off, you know. And he had I remember still today, he had two bungee cords holding on his back bumper. And anybody that knows me in school, like, I didn't talk a lot, you know. And I just didn't have a whole lot to say. I was never like a class clown or anything, you know? Um, But I raised my hand that day once I got out of that class and he was teaching us all this stuff. I go, hey, professor, why don't you do this stuff? And he kicked me out of class. And I remember just thinking like, I can't believe I'm paying to listen to this guy that drives that core, you know? And I just decided I was gonna quit college that day. You know, I wasn't gonna listen to this guy anymore. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that I didn't want to listen to that guy, you know? And I just knew I wanted to own a business. That's all I did know. Like, I wanted to be a business owner. I didn't want to get a job. Anybody that I knew that had a great life owned the businesses. Uh-huh. I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. But I left school that day and um, I ended up doing advertising and marketing for my mother in law. And I was just on commission. And I loved it. I, you know, I made my own hours. I showed up when I wanted. I left when I wanted. I had a great time doing it. And I had actually met Brandon, and uh, Brandon had started trying to recruit me into financial services. I'm like, no, I can't. I, could, I just didn't believe I could do it. You know, and he was doing good at the time. You know, he was young. He was probably like 20. I don't know, 25 or 26, and he was making 30 grand a month. You know, and and that was this was a long time ago. You know, so like 2003, 2004. And so, um, I just wouldn't listen to him. I just didn't think I could do it. And then one day in advertising, I was supposed to get a check for like $12,000 that month. And I got my check and it was short. And my mother-in-law owned the company. So I'm like, what the heck? So I call her and, uh, I'm just like, Hey, my check's short. She goes, Oh, did you read the letter? And I'm like, no, you know, she goes, well, you probably ought to read the letter. So I'm like, all right, I had to read the letter. I was basically saying, hey, we're paying you too much money. You know, if we're going to stay in business or we're going to keep doing this, we've got to cut your pay. And that had never happened. Like, I mean, I was young. I was 19 years old. And, uh, you know, I was making 10, 12 grand a month. I thought I was living a great life. I thought it would never happen to me. The owner of the company was my girlfriend's mom, you know. The, and then 20 minutes after I found out my pay got cut, Brandon called me. And he was just like, hey, dude, how's life? And I'm like, dude, you won't believe it. He's like, I've been trying to tell you that for a year. He'd been following up with me for like a year and a half. And so this time I'm like, all right, dude, well, maybe I'll listen. So I went down to his office and uh, I took Kelsey with me and went down to his office and went to a meeting just to see what he was doing. And I'll never forget, Kelsey was sitting next to me and she's like elbowing me during the meeting like, why aren't you doing this, you know? And I'm like, babe, it's way harder than it looks. You know, she was like, I don't care. She was working at Best Buy full time, going to college. And she was like, it takes me like two years to make 30 grand. He made that last month, you know. And she's like, I don't care how hard it is. You should, you need to do this. So I'm just, man, I, I didn't like talking to people for me was like, I'd rather stick thumbtacks in my eyeballs, you know. Like I knew I was going to have to talk to people. I knew I was going to have to get out of my comfort zone. And I just didn't think that I could do it. And so she just believed in me, so I got started uh, just working part-time one night a week, just like, man, maybe I could do this, you know? And um, everybody was making fun of me, like, yeah, right, just gonna be successful in financial services. I was just a young kid, you know, especially growing up, how I grew up, like nobody knew anything about money. Um, and my first year, I made an extra 15,000 part-time, just learning the
0: business and working one or two nights a week. So what does that business look like for the listeners that don't know financial services?
1: Yeah, so financial services, we would do insurance and investments and mortgages and uh, anything finance, you know, auto and home insurance, life insurance. We'd help people set up retirement accounts, refinance their homes, stuff like that, Kent. And so what I was doing is I I had a goal to open up a brokerage. Well, in order to have a brokerage, you've got to learn it first and then hire and train agents so that you can teach them the same thing. Otherwise, you know, a broker without agents is just an agent with a higher contract, right? (laughs) And so that was my goal. I wanted to open up a brokerage and own a business. And so I was just trying to learn the business and get good at it. And um, Brandon was so busy, like he didn't have time to train me. So I just, I just had to learn, like I had to be a sponge and try to learn everything I could. Well, after a year in the business, um, I got my belief was up, you know, like, man, maybe I could do this, you know, and so we decided we were going to move from St. George to Boise, Idaho, just because it was a new market. We didn't have any distractions. We could just totally focus on business. Mm-hmm. And so we moved up there and this was like during the recession and uh, the recession was just starting to hit and in financial services is crazy. Cause it was a financial services recession, you know, and it was, it was huge. And so we moved up there and uh, we, in 2007, we moved up there and scared of debt. Now we didn't have any money saved with three thousand bucks to our names and we had to sign a lease on an office. We had to find a place to live. And um so we got there, we signed a lease on an office before we had a place to live. And I always thought, man, I don't have I don't have a place to live, but at least I have an office, you know, I can I can feed the goose. And um and then we ended up finding a a, a place that Kelsey transferred her job from Best Buy from St. George up to Boise, maybe mm-hmm. just opening up a new location up there. And so we just rented a room from a girl she was working with at first. And uh, that's how got that started. I and mean, just, we were broke. We had nothing. We were, we had this office, but we didn't have enough money to buy furniture. And so we were actually like, we would do meetings and we would borrow chairs from the church. So we'd go to a local church, like, hey, can and borrow chairs. And it was funny because we'd be doing meetings like on the back of the chairs and say, you know, property of the LDS chairs. <laughs> you
0: just had a certain worth
1: That's funny. Yeah. And but, all things you got to do. And we did, man. And then after 10 months of being there we started making about 20 grand a month and so we are pumped you know because i was i was 21 kelsey was 19 started making 20 grand a month and then about the next year we started making 40 or 50 grand a month and then 2010 uh the company went public and we're on the floor of the new york stock exchange and so this is you and brandon Brandon, yeah, so not so we had we are part of an, a huge company and we were just like franchise org inside of that company. Okay. So we had multiple locations. But at the time when the company was going public, Brandon and I were the top two guys in the whole company. What was the company? Prime Erica, Prime America. And yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the largest financial services marketing company in America. And So here we were and we were the top guys in the whole company at the time. In 2010? Yeah. So the company went public. We were on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, which is cool because you know seven years before that I was just graduating high school and I I wasn't a great student and it's not because I wasn't smart. I just never saw how the stuff that they were teaching me was ever gonna help me succeed in life. I did, I couldn't correlate how was what am I learning in school going to help me achieve my goals and dreams in life, right? And nope, you know I had some great teachers. Looking back, I'm like, man, I really did. I was blessed with some great teachers. Um And in fact, today I went to lunch with McCray Hepler. Oh, yeah, yeah. His dad was one of those guys. Like, no, great guy. Yeah. 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 And I just still today, just, I had great men like that. There were teachers, you know, like another one, Coach Kittrell, which he was a football coach at Sun Canyon. Cool. He was just a great guy. So I had these, looking back, but when I was in school and you're just thinking like, man, all I care about, like I was poor, you know? Mm-hmm. All I cared about was like, I want to make a lot of money. I want to be a millionaire. Everybody had asked me like, what do you want to do with your life when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to be a millionaire. You know, it's like I'm ball with my answer. And, um, people would always just say crazy stuff. But to me, it was like, it wasn't even about the money. It was about, I didn't want to live the life I was living. You know, I didn't want to have my kids to have to grow up in a trailer. I didn't want to have them to grow up in the environment I grew up in, you know? And, uh,
0: um, let's talk more about that, that mindset that you had from a young age, like what advice would you give to the other young customers about having that abundant mindset? What does that look like for you? Well, I think for me, it was more
1: of fear, dude. It was like, even I take my siblings, right? I'm one of six and my other siblings would be like, oh, you know, this is the life we live. It sucks, woe is me, Yeah, blame everybody else. But I saw other people around me succeeding and went, well, if they can do it, why not me? like they don't I would ask them like I remember when I was first starting to date Kelsey right we had been dating probably for too much. she thought I was crazy but I, she, we were driving her car she drove this little Subaru and was so beat up because she'd like run into everything learning how to drive you know and we see this dude with a Bentley and it was like a brand new bet and I go hey follow that guy and she was like what follow him I go yes follow him She's like, why? And I'm like, I just wanna know what that guy does. And back then, I'm like, you never saw a Bentley in St. George. Today it's a little more calm, but still not very calm. Blah. And I remember like I knocked on the guy's window. He pulled up and uh, it was where cat he was going to Cafe Rio, where the Cafe Rio used to be at like Zion Baptist. Oh yeah. W G. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like I knocked on his window and he was like, Whoa, what the heck is this guy doing, you know? And I'm just like, Hey, will you roll down your window? He rolls down his window. I'm like, excuse me, do you, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And he was like, sure. I'm like, what do you do? And he goes, I own a tree farm. I'm like a tree farm, you know, like what kind of trees, you know, <laughs> and he's like, you know, and he's serious. And he goes, I own a palm tree farm, but I go, a palm tree farm. And I still remember it today. And I, I asked him like, Hey, do you have a degree? You know, cause I just quit college. And he goes, no, I don't have a degree. And I'm like, so I just asked him how he got started. And I just realized like that day, and I was young, I think I was probably, you know, I was 19 years old. And I realized like, look, there's going to be people that are successful that have degrees and people that are successful that don't. There's going to be people that are successful that come from a great family life and people that are successful that don't. The common denominator is does somebody have the desire to want win, right? And so rather than like my siblings who all looked at it as like, oh, this is the hand we were dealt. I just always looked at it like, hey, what can I learn from these other people to get what they have out of life, right? I'm willing to do the work. I just don't want to, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to live a normal, average, and ordinary life like most people are just willing to accept. And I think that's the difference is like, are you just going to accept life the way it is? Or are you going to go change it? And you're, what are you going to do to go change, it? you know? And so that's really, for me, It was. it's always been desire and discipline. It's like, I'll tell everybody, like, I can teach you everything you need to know to be successful. I can teach you to get to where I'm at. The only thing I can't teach you is the desire. I can't I can't teach you desire. So if you don't have that, there's nothing I can tell you. There's nothing we can do together that is going to help you succeed. But if you have the desire, then I can transfer everything you need, and you can go out actually implement it as long as you have the discipline to keep going when it gets tough, right? And so I think those two things are, like, I don't know if you say God blessed me with, or my environment, or the, the growing up that I've been able to cultivate in my in my personal life is discipline and desire. I have a massive amount of desire because of the way I grew up, and I just have a massive amount of discipline. And then I really think that's from sports. Yeah, you know,
0: totally. What Where, was your play in high school? I was a boxer. Okay, so yeah, I get like a league here in Saint Dory.
1: Yeah, well, boxing gym, yeah. I mean, we would go all over and go to different, you know, like I box at the fair every year, but we would go up to Ogden box, and we'd, do, yeah. we'd go down to Vegas, we'd go to Park City, so we'd travel around. You no, know, way have a different tournaments and stuff
0: like that, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Did, yeah, I love that concept. I mean, that's why I got a lot of the inspiration for the podcast from Rocky. Okay, I mean, it's part of the logo, it's, I mean, it's somewhat Rocky, it pulled up his fingers, right, doing the number one, the victory pose. Yeah, Because it's just, to me, watching those movies—I'm sure you've seen all of them—like oh. Rocky Four is my all-time favorite movie. Just the symbolism behind it is so impactful to me. I mean, you look at Rocky; he's the underdog. He gets beat up, he gets knocked down over and over, and punched over and over again to the face, but he just keeps on getting up, man. Yeah, doesn't matter.
1: To- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, are you familiar with how Sylvester Stallone came up with that idea? Of no Muhammad Ali fight. No. Yeah, I just went to go watch Muhammad Ali fought, fight. Yeah, so you should you should look into that. It's awesome. I actually got the chance. So, I I love obviously love boxing, and then I built a relationship with a guy who's a CEO of Mayweather Promotions. Punk. And so I would sit ringside at all Floyd's fights. And the cool thing about sitting ringside is I would sit right behind Muhammad Ali multiple times. So it was cool, dude, because I got Muhammad Ali signed pictures and all kind of cool stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. But that's how Sylvester Stallone got that story. So he watched Muhammad Ali hit the mat. The champions don't stay down. You know, you got to get back up, saw so, It's cool. And that's a, I, love, I love the story of Rocky. And I, th- I really think in anything in life, in, in anybody's story about success, there's always going to be those times where you get knocked down, right? There's going to be some catalyst for your desire to change because... It's uncomfortable to win, man. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of facing your fears. It takes a lot of keep going when you feel like you're the only one doing it. But as long as you're willing to go through that, on the other side, you know, you look back and go, "Man, I would do it a million times over." If, if it was a hundred times harder, I still would do it, right? But hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't get paid for hindsight. You pay for foresight, and that's the thing that I think most people forget is when you're going through struggles or there's dark times or it's horror, those are the times you are actually growing. And that's why, you know, there's this saying that like people always say, "Man, nah, I just fall in love with the journey. I'm like, personally, I think the journey sucks. You yeah. I'm like, Ryan, really it is. It's, it's not like, I don't love it, but it's like working out. I don't really love the pain of working out. In fact, I hate it when I'm doing squats. I'm not doing it going, Oh man, I love this feeling. Learn to love it. I just love knowing the way I feel afterwards. So like the pain I'm putting myself, I don't represent it as something negative. It's like the pain isn't something, oh, I have to endure. It's something that leads to the thing that I really want, you know? So like and in business, a lot of people just don't correlate those things. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. So what? What does that have to do with anything, right? What you need to do is correlate that pain with the actual thing you're trying to achieve, whether that's get in good shape, whether it's make a lot of money, have a good marriage, be a great parent. You know all of these things have the same common denominator and that is willing to do the hard things regardless of how you feel about it you know Mm. and if you're willing to do those things you can be successful in life Uh so how do you stay motivated in those times when it's tough i think that's where desire comes from right so yeah motivation i think motivation is important you know they um my mentor, he used to always say, you know, you can't motivate somebody, you know, he would say there's nothing you could do to motivate somebody to want to succeed. And I believe him, you know, he'd always tell me, Jeff, just work with the motivated people, just find the ones that are motivated, the ones that show up early, the ones that stay late, the ones that do what they say they're going to do you. And you work with those people, everybody else, they just don't have the desire yet. Right. Although I believe there is another side to that equation where there is something that that you need to hold on to to keep going. And that is that desire. So not just the desire to want to be somebody, but the desire of growth, the desire to progress, the desire to achieve more, you know? And so for me, it was like, I did small things. Like I still do write my goals down every morning and every night. Good. Um Always thinking about like I'll visualize it. What do I want to achieve? Like, what do I want my life to look like? And I would be selling it to everybody around me. In fact, my wife and I just did a podcast a couple weeks ago with her on this. And she said, like, I... I'm constantly doing it, like speaking out loud my goals to everybody because it's almost like as I'm selling them on what I'm going to achieve, I'm actually committing myself to it. Yes. You know, and so many people are scared of that because they're scared of what other people think about me, but I'm more worried about achieving my goal than I am what somebody thinks about the process of me achieving my goal.
0: And it gives you accountability to us, the cool thing. So a big thing, I guess the three things that we teach all of our listeners is visualized, optimized, actualized. Right? Exactly what you're talking about. First, visualize your goals. You take the time to really think about it, write it out, then you optimize. You do the little things in your life for every single day to become that type of person. And when you do that day in and day out, the grind, the journey, then you're going to actualize your infinite potential, the, yeah. the goals that you have, right? Yeah. But I think it's interesting that it starts with visualizing, right? And, yeah,
1: you got to know what you want. You know, so often people are like, and, and it's really easy to find out like who say, well you know I'm just not motivated or I'm just not I don't believe God created unmotivated people I don't believe God created people that don't have discipline I just think it's you don't know what you want yet yes yet a lot of you were yeah and a lot of times it's because people are trying to be politically correct in what they want like I mm-hmm. they'll say stuff like oh you know I just want to provide my kids with the best life or I want to put my kids in private school and like how old are your kids 12 I'm like then that doesn't motivate you like that's the politically correct thing to say but your kids are 12 that obviously is not really what you want otherwise you would have figured out a way so stop with like trying to please everybody with the right thing that you want and actually go for the thing you really want like for me dude early on it was a ferrari and i'm like i just want a ferrari you know i felt like if i made it if i could buy a ferrari you know um, and then by the time i could buy a ferrari it was like it didn't even matter to me anymore it was like, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but when I didn't believe in myself and I didn't have this high self-esteem, it was like, man, a Ferrari would make me somebody. It make me feel cool. And I could do it. And I'm almost like, man, I'd rather have the opposite, you know, I'd rather not everybody see me, you know. Huh. So it's amazing how that works. But I tell everybody, like, if you're gonna go for a goal, like finding the thing that you want, not the thing you think everybody wants you to want is is the key. And then the discipline, like you know, when does somebody usually stop smoking? When they got emphysema. When does somebody start losing weight usually? When they're too fat and the doctor says you're overweight, you have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and you're going to die if you don't lose weight. And then all of a sudden, boom, they have this change or something. There's some catalyst for change, right? Yeah. But why weights are that moment, you know? But if you're going to go lose weight, you have to say it. it's there's a desire, you know, like, hey, I got to lose weight. And then you start going, Hey, I want to look like this after X amount of time, or I want to lose X amount of pounds, or whatever it may be. And then you start on this journey. Like, you work out, you hurt the next day. You know, it's uncomfortable, but it's really not that hard, right? To get in good shape, it's not that hard. It's like what? 45 minutes a day at the gym and making, you know, two or three good decisions with meals every day. That's really all it, it takes is for 90 days. Like, that's all it really takes. But how many people are like, Oh, fried chicken sounds better than real chicken today you know what i mean yeah and it's just like this little this little lack of discipline and they don't realize that lack of discipline is almost like a square square peg in a round hole they'll put a square peg in a round hole and it rounds the corners a little bit Mm -hmm. and it rounds the corners of their discipline and so they're like oh one times you know just you know missing the gym one time won't matter or you know eat fried chicken instead of real chicken won't matter but and it won't that that's not gonna have a huge impact but it's the It's the rounding off of those edges of their discipline, right? It's just that little bit of lack of discipline. It makes it easier the next time, easier the next time. And then eventually you got rounded corners and you're just an undisciplined person, you know? So for me, like I always wanted, I was told people like, look, if I tell you I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be there. And I'm not just going to be there. I'm going to be there early because I told you I was going to be there. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that wasn't just for men, but it was also for me, right? But then those things make you have a better marriage. They make you a better parent. They do better if you have a trainer at the gym, you're going to be there. Oh, yeah, the other guy said he's not going to do it. And if you're a business, you're going to do business with something. Oh, go, that dude said he was going to do it. He's going to do it. You can count on him, right? So these things all, that's why I tell everybody, show me how you do anything, and I'll show you how you do everything. They all bleed into other areas of your life. That's called credibility, you know? And if somebody has credibility, it's because they made a decision to do the right things long enough to where that's who they became, a lot of people just let up because they don't know what they really want. You
0: know, it's a common pattern, right? And it's just do the little things over and over every single day. Or
1: choosing not to do that. Um, yes. If that's the difference between yeah, success or yeah, failure. Yeah. It really is. It's that easy, dude. It's like, you know, you, you look at where we're at right now, you know, next door is a trailer park, right? Uh-huh. And, and that's where I grew up is in a trailer park like that. And I go back. And those people have everything it takes to live in the nicest neighborhood in town. I lived there. I know what it takes. I know what it takes to go from that trailer to living in the nicest neighborhood in town. I've been there and I've done it. And it's not that they don't have the skills. It's they, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of people that could go from where they're at. They just have to have the desire first, but most of them have just given up, right? Most people just give up. And and it's like I tell everybody, I think the worst place you could raise a child was in middle-class America because it was never that bad, but it was also never that good. So it was like, you never really had to get uncomfortable. So you start chasing grades. So You're like, oh man, this hurts, you know? And then, oh, let's go back to being average. You start, you know, comfortable going backwards and they start doing what? Oh, well, I'll go get a better job or whatever. So I can get back to comfort. And they're always trying to just be in that zone of just enough. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to me, you know? But again, it's they don't know what they want.
0: So that, I want to go back to your story. I, we kind of paused right where Prime America mm-hmm. went public. Yep. So what happened after that? What was your role? I mean, you guys are just exploding. So we had a big business. Yeah, Zan um, then I sold out. I yeah, so um,
1: when Prime America went public in 2010, I mean, I just kept working. In 2011, we moved to Las Vegas and started again in a new city. And this was like pre Zoom and all this kind of stuff. So it wasn't like, you know, it is today where it's really easy to build nationwide. Mm-hmm. But we moved to Las Vegas actually July fourth of two thousand eleven. We were talking last night, but in July fourth of two thousand eleven, we we're on a we were in a all on the strip, you know, on our way to our new house. And it it's just crazy. So July fourth, two thousand eleven we moved to Las Vegas to start all over again and um We just kept working and then five years later actually four years after that we went back to the New York Stock Exchange so one of the few companies that had ever been invited back to the New York Stock Exchange so we went back we were on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange again to close and we'd been one of the most successful IPOs in America and uh, we started at 15 bucks a share I don't know where we were at today it's like 200 you know so and um, so yeah I started at 15 and grew to 200 uh, you know and that's in what 13 years I mean it's been an awesome the company's incredible. And uh, so in t- 2015, we went back. And in 2016, we had our first uh, child. So we had our first uh, child. And and at that point, we started having the biggest months of our careers, you know. So our business was rocking. And that was kind of like, for me, was a big thing. Because prior to that, we didn't have kids. And a lot of people would use excuses like, oh, yeah, but you don't have kids yet. You don't understand it. You know, yeah. and they would say this stuff. And you know, I was like, put that in my, oh yeah, box. Like one day, i show you, oh yeah, or not? And, uh, so then when we started having kids, we started having the biggest months of our careers and, and it was exploding. And so we just kept building. But after, probably after a year, maybe a year and a half after my son was born, Kelsey got pregnant again. And I just started going, you know what? I just want to be a great father. I want to be a great dad. I'm Dad wasn't in my life. And and uh, so I just want to be a good dad. So I kind of like semi-retired. I mean, I still showed up to the office and stuff like that. But I wasn't like grinding living it like I had been prior. Mm-hmm. And um, so then when COVID hit in 2020, um, we just started coming up to Utah. And because it was normal, nothing ever changed. And so we put an offer on the house just kind of randomly like shot in the dark, like no way this guy's going to accept this offer. Yeah. But he did. And so we're like, all right, guess we're going to move to St. George. It's God's way of telling us, you know, like we're coming coming home. And uh, then like six months after that, I always had this train of sailing around the world. I just wanted to buy a boat, sail around the world. So I bought a boat and I bought a 46-foot catamaran and we're getting ready to do that. And then my wife started having some health challenges. It was like a trap, you know, like we didn't know what it was. We couldn't figure it out. So we were in for to actually get ready to leave. And I'm like, dang, she was having these major allergic reactions. And she kept ending up in the hospital. I'm like, dang, if we're out in another country or something, I don't know what's going to happen. So it just made us uncomfortable. So like, we got to go back home and focus on our health. And um, so we did that, sold the boat, came back home. And um, I've just been working on her health for the last couple years. She's 100% now, which is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it feels great. And... and so, yeah, man, we, we just kind of changed our plans was like pivot. You know, I had this dream of like, we sold the business because I didn't want to leave our, I did I sold the business. Cause I knew if we, we sell around the world, it was like, leadership's important, you know, and these people who had committed to us, I didn't want to just be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm off on the islands, but I hope you figure it out. Mm-hmm. so I wanted to make sure they had somebody that they could go to. So really, we just chose to sold the business just for them, you know, really probably cost us money. Um, we could have kept it and probably would have done better financially, yeah, yeah. but I wanted what was best for these people that have really been like our family for the last 15 weeks. When did you sell? In mm-hmm. November of 2020. Okay. And it sounds like the guy that bought it for me is legit. I listened to the interview. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. He's a he was an incredible guy. And that's why. And honestly, when we sold the business, I called him and I just said, hey, dude, you're the only guy. So, you know, here's, here's what we've offered the business. If it's not you, I'm just not going to sell it. And, uh, you know, it worked out.
0: Yeah, that's Okay, so what's the plan now? What are you doing? So we've
1: got, I mean, you know, we got the podcast, which we're doing with Solid, which really just started out like this passion project. We didn't like, hey, let's start a podcast and see what we can do it. It was like, hey, man, let's just start sharing this information that we've been so blessed. You know, one of the things, like I was saying before, is that Brandon came from a totally different background than I did. But we ended up in the same business. We worked together for many years. We both had a ton of success. I retired at 35. He retired at 40. And um, in the process, built great families, made a ton of money, learned a lot of great philosophies and things that have just helped us in our life and both stay fit. And um, so it's like, man, we see a lot of people that just have the priorities mixed up and root to success, and they don't have to. So we really just wanted to start a podcast to say, hey, we have so many examples. and know so many people have done a phenomenal job with not just making a lot of money, but building an incredible life Mm. and really just wanted to share that. So we've been doing that. You know, today we did episode 59. So, you know, we're a couple, you know, a year or so into it. And it's been a lot of fun, man. It's turned into something incredible. And we never would have thought it would have been this awesome, but we're having a lot of fun with that.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. You guys should go check it out. So my brother Kyler and I, we went on probably, what, like four months ago, ten months ago, check out that episode. But a lot of the people that have been on this Podcasts have been on theirs as well. So yeah, for real, go check it out. I've got a lot of value from it. So Awesome. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate you supporting it. Especially the the 30-day challenge that you just did, right? Yeah. Man. yeah tell us about that. It was cool. So, you
1: know, we did this challenge because I've done 75 hard multiple times. Uh-huh. And um, we wanted to do something where, because 75 hard is awesome. I think everybody should do it. Um, but I we didn't feel like it encompassed all the things that really matter when it came to success. So like, what is something that we could do? where everybody could do it regardless of where they're at in life and they really could just learn some simple fundamentals and they could choose to continue doing them if they want if they want to stay disciplined they can continue doing them so like you know what, what what are the things so brandon and i talked a lot for a lot like hey what are the things that helped us really have a lot of success in all these different areas of our lives and you know there's major areas. you know if you break them down we just call them the five f's you know faith family fitness finance and friends and you just take those five areas of your life and just say, you know, what are things you can do in those areas of your life that are really going to have a big impact? And if you have those five things in your life and you do really good, you're going to become successful, right? So we just started a challenge on what are a couple things you could do each day towards those five th- five topics mm-hmm. and uh, just have a challenge because there are things we kind of did every day anyway and uh, have people done. We had a lot of feedback, too. It was awesome. We had so many people doing it with us. It was a lot it- of fun good so, yeah
0: man you guys didn't do it again soon yeah
1: we actually um we actually have a the guy we sold our business to he wants his entire business to do it at the same time okay um so yeah and we'll do it again you know except for brandon and i it's just stuff we do every day anyway mm-hmm. but yeah we'll launch another challenge and uh we're gonna give out some swag and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so yeah it'll be fun man good
0: okay so i got the podcast we on yeah what what else is uh we're doing uh the real estate
1: deal I was telling you about, just barely vacation rentals out in Tokerville. Um, for those of you from Southern East Island, there's a big development going in called Firelight. And inside of that development, Firelight, which is really like a new city. Uh, it's going to be incredible right at the foot of Zion. And um, inside of that development, we're doing vacation rentals, um, which obviously is a huge market here in Southern East Island. It's correct. Mass. yeah. And so, yeah, so we're doing uh, between 170 and, 100 and 200 vacation rentals. Um, that, so we're actually just getting ready to launch a raise for that. So I'm excited about it. We've been working on that project for a year, just trying to get it approved. It'll be the first vacation rental-only project in which so that'll be cool. I, mean, I may be the first and only, so that'll be awesome. Good, man. Yeah, she probably pumped to see how it goes. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, man, other than that, raising the kids, you know, and, and my kids are athletes, and they're doing a great job in sports, so that's yeah. a lot, you know.
0: So kind of jumping back to your story, um, I think it's interesting. So you were boxing, and then the guy, he wanted to let you box on Sunday, and that's kind of when of are introduced to the full concept of church. You obey it, right? And that's something that stands out to me as is, is well about you when I listen to your podcast and just your content you know, is that you focus on price a lot, right? And that hasn't changed, right? A lot of times I see that pattern with people, even some people I've interviewed, like the more successful they get, the more their priorities get just kind of tangled up, especially yes. their, their faith, yeah. right? So how has that impacted you and how has that kind of helped you in business, your faith? Yeah, that's why you say that because Brandon and I were talking about it today. You know, one of the things, looking back on my
1: career, I just, I've always realized, like, I, I've never tried to, like, not, I shouldn't say never because I have in the past. One of the things I've learned is that you're not in control, right? You're not really in control of the result, guys. And so all the times i would like, tried to push and control the result and control everything, none of it actually changed what was going to happen anyway. You know, I wasn't in control. So looking back on my career, it's like, I now I just feel this, like, you know, the things I can control or I can have a good attitude, I can be positive, I can work hard, I can be disciplined, I can know what I want, I can write my goals, but at the end of the day, God's the one really guide my life, you know? And the more I realize that God's in control, the more fruitful my life is, right? And so often people, I think that they... They're the ones trying to be in control of the outcome rather than realizing that if, if you leave the outcome in control of God and allow God to use your life as an instrument and a tool, then you're going to actually find fulfillment in life. You know, one of the questions you actually texted me uh, was something like, if there was two things you could leave with the world, uh-huh. and I think that, you know, as I was thinking about that, it's like, number one is is you're not in control, God is. And if you just give up control to God and allow God to use your life, you're actually going to find fulfillment. You know, like I've, I've done all these things, I think everybody should, right? Like whether it's exotic cars or live in big houses or fly around in private planes, all that stuff's amazing and people should strive to do it. Um, but it's never going to make you happier, right? You're sure going to have a lot of fun doing it. But I mean like happiness and fulfillment and like perfect big yeah. And, and so while you should live in a big house, you should live in the house of your dreams. You should drive the car you really want. You should be able to travel the way you want. It sure makes life a lot better, but it's not going to change whether or not you're happy. But if you can let Christ guide your life, then when you, every day when you wake up and do those things. You have fulfillment while living the life of your dreams. You actually feel fulfilled because, believe it or not, there's a lot of mega successful financial people. There. They're financially successful, multi, multi, multi millionaires, even billionaires, and they feel empty inside. And it's because they don't actually have that fulfillment. So I think number one is if somebody could just allow Christ to guide their life. And then number two is realize that when you're depressed or you're down or you're beating yourself up, the only cure to that is progression. I've always said, yeah, progression is not cure to depression. And the time you're depressed is when you're not moving forward. So if you, if you're moving forward, you're always excited, right? It doesn't matter if you go, went from making 50 grand a year to a hundred grand a year. It's an exciting time, but there's going to be a time where you're embarrassed about making a hundred, you know? And, but you think about that time. You're like, man, why was this so exciting? You were excited because you were growing. And so it's, you know, that's where the whole enjoy the journey, not the destination comes from. It's people that look back on their journey realize those are the times they have great moments in their life, but it had nothing to do with the actual
0: journey. It had to do with their progression. They weren't actually moving forward. They were getting better results. I think part of that is from God, right? Because we all have, I mean, you look at everyone, we all have the innate desire to get better. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Self-development, right? And so when we're out of line with that, I feel like just like you're saying that's where that depression comes in right yeah because we all have the person that we could be right now yeah right and so my goal every single day is for filling that gap Yeah. filling the gap yeah i feel like when i'm not that's kind of when i feel off yeah right yep and i think that that's from god that in name desire to become our, our best selves
1: yeah i mean god wants what's best for us yeah and right? he really does yeah. and, and he knows best yeah and if we get off on those things it's just like at the end of the day right you know i always say this like when when you die and they pat you in the face with a shovel, they're not shoveling your money in behind you. You know, they're. I've never seen a U-Haul follow a Hearst. You know, they don't build tombs. So like, it, like, what's it all for, right? Really, the reason we want to be successful is not for the cars and the house, Which again, I think we should all do those things. As while you're here, the one life you get, you should do it as good as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's about. That's not the reason you're doing it. It's just a byproduct of doing. And that's the mistake. Is a lot of people make these things like a reason for doing it. Like, man, if I get a Lambo, you know, oh, that's why I can see that and I feel great. Yeah. You know, and then you're driving down the road and a, a truck drops a rock and dents your Lambo. That ruins your whole month, you know. And you realize that's because the car doesn't really matter. It's not what was important. You know, it's like what was important is you progressing and building a better life and building a better relationship with Christ and being a better father or husband. And as you do these things, you always feel great. Uh-huh. And by being a better person, then you're going to end up driving a nicer car living in a better house, you know. And, but comparison is also the thief of joy. So, if, you know, that's that's why we tend to like nice things because it makes us so better about ourselves because then we compare ourselves to our peers, you know. Like, oh, they don't have one idea or whatever, you know.
0: Dude, I think that's common, especially for younger kids. It is for me. Yeah. Like I look at other people that are around my age that are doing more than me, and I feel like I'm not doing enough right? in business or whatever. And so how can we stay focused on what we're doing and not let comparison affect us?
1: Yeah, I think that we used to have the saying, you should compete, not compare. You know, So their journey is different than yours and you don't know what they've been through. A lot of times, you know, in fact, you alluded to this on our podcast that a lot of times, you know, if we were sitting in a circle and everybody threw their problems in a circle, you'd probably still keep your life. You know, you'd realize maybe my problems aren't that bad. And a lot of times we just don't know somebody else's story. So we just see the outside, you know, whatever these things that they have, and we don't realize, you know, maybe what they're going through or what's happening on the inside. And what happens is I always suggest someone find a mentor, find someone who has like the life you want in that area. So I've always had a few different mentors in my life, like one financial, one spiritual, um, you know, one just overall, like maybe they have great kids, great family life, great so I'll find different mentors in my life. So I have like three different mentors of people that I go to. So if I want to make a financial decision, I go to the same guy every time. It's like I would trade his life financially, not just because of how much money he has, but also how much freedom he has, right? So that's the life I want. So I'm not going to take advice from somebody who doesn't have what I want. So if you have a mentor, regardless of what somebody else has, I just always remember, hey, this is, this. is I want really what they have. So if I'm just if I'm willing to do what they're teaching me to do, I know that I'm going to have what they have. Just like I know if someone would just listen to the things that I teach them to do, they're going to have what I have, right? And so it's no different. So I would just say, find a mentor in your life. You know, if you're going to play basketball, I mean, how awesome would it be if I Jordan would be there every day or you could have, you know, uh, Phil Mickelson, you could have these incredible coaches or people in your life. So if you were going to be an athlete, you would want athletes around you that have achieved great things, right? And if you do that, you surround yourself with those people, they can help you avoid, you know, I mean, pitfalls in life. And so I think that's the best way to do it because, dude, there was a lot of times, you know, I was making 50 grand a month and living on three. We were living in a small little rental house, driving up, you know, I don't drove a nice car. I never drove cars that weren't nice, but it sure wasn't the cars that I could afford. It wasn't the houses that I can live in, right? And I'm still that way. Yeah. So I still sometimes am tempted, right, to go like, we should just buy a bigger ounce. Like, let, let's just go buy exotic cars today. Let's just go. I still intend to do those things, but the reason why I don't is because I've done them and I realized like I felt the same way three days later than I did three days before I had it. So, like, why am I really doing it? Is it the thing that I want or is it this feeling of progression that I'm really seeking? So, I found out that if I can really just set a goal and go achieve the goal, this is why I do. This is why I'll buy cars or I'll buy a nice wash or something like that. But it's about the progress and the rewards for progress, not the actual thing. If that makes, that makes sense. sense. Yes, it's a feeling you get from progressing. Yes, were they actualizing your potential. Yeah, so the thing wasn't my goal. The thing is just the reward. My goal was the progress. Hmm. And so I think if you can do that, then you'll realize like, hey, I don't care what kind of car that guy drives. I can cheer him on. Like, Good job, dude, you're my motivation. Like, that motivates me. I want to see you winning because I have ambition. And it fires me up to know you might be beating me right now and I want to do better. I want to do more. Right. But I can't hate on what you have and expect to have it. You know, I can't have any negative emotions about what you have or what you're doing. If I ever want to do that or more, just, it doesn't work that way. I say it's always like preaching love and kicking a puppy. Mm. You know, you can't hate something somebody's doing and expect to have it or more. It just doesn't work that way. Um,
0: I think a lot of times it's frustrating as entrepreneurs because we are the type to where we, we like to be in control. We like to create our dream life. Right. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you're saying about it all clicks for you when you realize, okay, just let Christ control. Right? Let him guide your life. So that's something that has taken me so long to learn that I'm still learning. It's something that helped and may help the listeners is this term called and I don't want your advice on this, so it's called Dio Valente. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah, it's Latin. So like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's it's Latin for God willing for the listeners that don't know. So if you imagine, like, if I'm shooting an arrow at a target and I can do my very best to aim at the bullseye and I can let the arrow go, but as the arrow's going, I can't control the wind. I can't control a deer that jumps in front of it. Right. I can't control an apple that falls off the tree and hits it and knocks the arrow off course. All that I can control is where I aim the arrow and how I prepare. Mm hmm right and so connecting that with with business and like you're saying with god's plan yeah we can do our best to fire away to create these businesses these awesome plans but ultimately uh the outcome is in a way out of our control yeah and for me like really it is but for me it's so hard for me to understand where that balance is like how do you allow christ to guide your life to guide that era right
1: yeah so i think that to to just elaborating on what you're saying a little bit. I don't think that necessarily we're out of control. I actually think we are in control. Yeah. I just think sometimes God's definition or the actual result of what we want looks different to God than it looks to us. But we are in control of those things, I mean, you know, where we think, oh, maybe we want to, you know, be this person or live here or our family's going to look like this or our journey's going to look like this. And, you know... God has a different plan for it. So it's like we, I think sometimes we have this visualization of this expectation of the end result of exactly what it looks like. And it just looks different. And a lot of times you look back and you're like, you know, 10 years after that happens, you go, I didn't see that curveball coming from God. And then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what he was trying to teach me. That's what I, that was the blessing I received from it. But that's just because his result looked different than what you had visualized. So that was you trying to, you know, force on, the actual result of what you want and so but what we are in control of are the things we do in order to get to this result that we think it's going to be we just don't we need to i guess have a realization that the expectation of what the result is going to look for look like for us is going to be far bigger than we could have ever imagined it's just going to be different so we don't know the exact thing the reason we go for an exact thing is so that we have this desire we have this motivation we have this discipline go and then if it's not the exact thing, it's okay. Cause it's probably going to be better, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's where faith comes in. So a lot of people think that faith is like this religious term where it's not, it's really just the ability to believe in the unseen, right? Like, Hey, I believe that if I do these things, it's like Proverbs. Um, I love reading Proverbs because it's very clear. It's like, all right, do this and it'll screw up your life. Do this and you're going to have a great life. Yeah, that is very clear. And so when I say you're in control, and that's, that's what I think, I think God has laid out a very clear plan for us. That if we do these things, this is what happened in our life. This is how we're going to feel. These are the decisions you should make. These are the people you should avoid. These are the people you should surround yourself with. And then here's the outcome. You know, but that outcome that we, you know, it's like you read a book and you create this story in your mind and then you watch the movie that somebody else created about that book. And you're like, that's not how I saw it in mm-hmm. the That's kind of how it works with God right? And so I think we just have to be flexible with that outcome and know that God is in control and it's going to be better. You know, like if somebody would have told me, dude, when I, when I first started in business, that this would be the life that we had today. This is how good it would be. There is nothing you could have done to prepare me for how good it feels, no matter what you told me. You could said, hey, dude, you're going to have so much money. You're going to have so much freedom. You're going to be able to do whatever you want. Nothing would have, nothing would have prepared me because my belief level wasn't high enough. I couldn't see it clear enough. It's almost like when you're driving on the road at night, you go to 80 miles an hour. You know, you tell me 80 miles an hour speed limits, right? You go 80 miles and you're me, i doing 90, you know? And you have your headlights on at night. And as, as you're driving, you can't see the whole path, right? If I'm driving from St. George to Salt Lake, I can't see from here to Salt Lake. I can only see the few hundred feet in front of me. And then as soon as I get there, I can see the next few hundred feet and the next few hundred feet. And that's all I can see. But I know that what I have safe that the road's going to keep going. I didn't, they didn't dig it up last night. where you're going, And that's a lot of times how success needs to be. Like so many people are waiting for the road to end. that They kind of like do it haphazardlessly. You know, they're like, wake go like, oh, well, I'll do this. But if it doesn't work out, I have a plan. It's like, why would you do that? Right. It's going to take you forever to get anywhere. And is anybody going to follow you? No. Cause if they, people do this on the freeway and what happens? It creates a traffic jam and everybody's mad. And, everybody's, and that's what happens to leaders. Leaders who don't just totally believe in what they're doing and go for it with everything they've got. And this is why you hear stories of people failing. You know, like, oh, that business didn't work or this one failed or whatever. That's because they just went for it, you know? And other people are going to follow. They didn't know it was going to fail. You know, sometimes people drive down the road and they didn't know that was going to be their last time, you know? So you just have to be willing sometimes to have enough faith to just go for what you really want and not trying to control the outcome. Just control what you can control. And that's your attitude and the activity you put in. You know,
0: that was a ton actually, cause I I've, I've wondered that, you know, it's like, how can I, how can I balance that? Yeah. And so that's helped me a ton appreciate it. So before we get into the last question, I just got to tell you, I appreciate your time and I admire your hustle and your story. I didn't know all about a lot of that. And I love seeing how you were giving back now to the community, especially the younger hustlers out there. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome for them, for the listeners that are coming to our events, you have to reach out to Jeff cause he's a sponsor for our event he's helping us make it happen um so super appreciative and but yeah keep rolling man it's
1: awesome proud of you boys it's exciting i mean more more people you know like i said mental is more people need somebody to help guide them you know and that's what you guys are doing you're giving people tools
0: yeah so it's awesome yeah i appreciate it so before we have that question how can my listeners support and serve you just support podcast man
1: share it with somebody go listen to it and if you like it you know give us some feedback on it and share it with other people. And that's really our passion project at CrayHouse. We would just like to get these principles. We believe we can change the world by changing our lives first and being a positive impact on our communities. Mm. And so we've tried to be the best people we can be. Of course, we're not perfect. We make mistakes every day, just like everybody else. But I truly believe that, you know, the things we talk about are solid, the fundamentals we teach if people would go take those things and put them out of the world, they would change their own lives and it would inspire other people to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then we can have better communities and, and be a better place to live. You know, I think we live in the greatest country in the world. You know, yesterday we supported or uh, celebrated July 4th. And I you know, talking about on our podcast today. I think a lot of people forget that on July 4th, when on Independence Day, that those men went to war over some small little taxes. You know, it's really the catalyst was like, we're sick and tired of, you know, power that shouldn't be there. And so they actually had to stand up and fight. So people are lighting fireworks and not realizing that, hey, a lot of men gave their lives for us just to live in this incredible country. Mm. And so we just really want to be incredible men that we look back on our lives. We're proud of the examples. We're proud of the Effort we put in and hopefully that we a positive impact on other people's lives. You know, we didn't just get a bunch from it, but we also gave it back as much as we could. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I mean, if
0: people want to plug in the podcast and shit out of people, if they like them and, and hopefully it helps them too. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys, I listened to it and a lot of the principles that I talk about on the podcast, I learned from the salt podcast. It's awesome. A lot, a lot of those things, the fundamentals that you're talking about, yeah. huge, man. Just the little things, every single day yeah. add up over time. So so, is it just called The Solid Podcast? That's where they can be on that. And you can hear me at YouTube, iTunes, so yeah. Yeah, and will be there. And then what about following you and your content on social media?
1: Um, I'm on social media. I don't. I mean, I don't post post a bunch, but um, Mr. Fieldstead is my handle. Mr. Underscore Fieldstead. Or they could type my name, to Jeff Fieldstead, and it'll pop up. Can okay. Be on Instagram. You know, I post a little bit here <laughs> and there. In and out of town.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so... Last question so I want you to imagine that you can prescribe anything to the entire world and they have to do it for 30 days. Right? I mean it goes back to your solid 30 days What is it A solid 30 do you have solid 30. yeah So what if you could just pick one thing and everyone had to do it in the entire world, what would you have them do? So everybody had to do this specific thing Uh-huh 30 days straight they
1: and they, they pray. pray. I say just, you know, just pray. I mean, dude, I I really believe that the biggest impact on someone's success or the lack thereof is their self-esteem. And most people don't realize, like, God already gave you everything you need to be successful. He made you perfect. Like, you don't need anything else. Yeah, you might need some knowledge or some skills, but you can learn those things, right? You have YouTube or podcasts or mentors or books or... I mean, it's, the books have been written, every, all the information you need is there, but everything that you need to be successful, God already gave you, you know? And so, so often people have this self-esteem thing where they've been broken down by somebody in their life or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. So I think if, if you could just really, you know, repair your self-esteem by realizing like God has got you. You know, like everything's going to be okay. And you do that through prayer, by I start to build a relationship with Christ, right? Where if you can start praying and you start realizing like, oh, I, you start noticing things that happen in your life. You, I prayed for that, or I prayed about that. And then you start realizing the answer. You know, you don't know that you get an answer to something if you never asked a question. And so a lot of times people just go through their life without ever making a commitment to do things like that. And then also praying without an ulterior motive. You know, like so often people just pray, to ask God for something or, you know, I have right now there's a popular song on the radio that says basically I, I only pray when I need a favor. You know? If yeah. i do it sometimes and and we all fall into that, right? But I, I would just say if somebody could really just and not even for thirty days, I, I don't think you can ever do anything great after thirty days, right? But if the whole world really prayed for thirty days right now, I would do a lot of good for this world, man. Mm-hmm. Because You know, if if you really just give your life to Christ and you just lead your life that way, it makes you think differently about other people and who you want to serve and how you want to treat people around you and how people perceive you without ever even trying to control that. You know, you don't have to control it. And you just be a great man. You just be the person God wants you to be. And that all starts, I think, with prayer. Can't have a relationship with someone you don't talk to. And so I think, unfortunately, um, people don't pray enough. I think in schools and, you know, whatever, football games, wherever people are doing, I think if you saw more people pray, it's one of the things my family and I try to constantly do is when we're out to eat, we want to pray and have other people see us pray, you know? That's cool. And not just because we're just praying to pray over a meal, but we want other people to see us. We want other people to go, oh, yeah, they're still doing that at dinner time.
0: you know? But I totally agree with it. It's powerful. Like a pattern I've seen in my life is when I pray, or a specific thing, I get a specific result. Yeah. You do it time and time again, it's unreal. You know? So, um, love that advice, man. Pray every single day. i totally for it as well, man. It'll be huge impact on your life and the world. Absolutely. Right. So, appreciate your time today. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. And yeah, for real, guys, go check out his social media and the solid podcast. You'll get a lot of value from it. And I'm Caden Terry, and this has been the psychology of success. <laughs>